Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Steps up, and we'll take a downfield shot, and has Chase, and he'll score! More in motion, they get it to him. More in space, a burst of speed, a first down for Purdue, he's still going! More, touchback, touchdown! True freshman, to true freshman, Tunga Bailoa to Devontae Smith, Alabama. Breaks Georgia Hearts. Welcome back, football fans, to Prospects 101, brought to you always by Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. And remember that this is the show where we discuss and analyze and break down football prospects on all levels, guys. So we're talking high school, talking college, we're talking NFL draft, and really anything in between. Now, with the show, remember, you can always follow and interact with us on social media. That's at Prospects101Pod, right? That's at Prospects101Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also follow us on Discord as well. Guys, my name is Brandon Glessner, and as always, I am joined by one of my two co-hosts, Brandon Pastel. What's up, everybody? You know how everyone said this wide receiver class this past year, 2020 draft, was probably the best ever as far as depth? I'm telling you right now, the 2021 receiver class is better than this past year, and I'm going to tell you why today. Sizzling. That hot take is (laughs) sizzling hot. Now I'm going to throw it over to also joined with us is our second co-host. So, yeah, hey guys, my name is Kenny Keller. There you go. Kenny Keller. (laughs) (laughs) Name not important. Are we idiots? Hey, you know what? I've noticed One, thanks for that dynamic introduction, Gless. Two, why am I always following Pastel in these introductions? How come I can't get first at one of these? That's because I'm I'm looking at the Zoom and Brandon's like above. So I have this whole thing where I go top, middle, (laughs) bottom. The disrespect, the disrespect. Look, guys, I'm excited for this show, but I do have a question. How much per, how much value do you actually put in production at the receiver position? Is it that important, or is it extremely important, or is it not very important? We'll find out. I think we'll find out about that today. And for those listening, uh, make sure you listen to the first part of this series. This is actually the second episode of this series where we're really breaking down uh, the our top five players in each position at the college level that we feel like are our best uh, NFL prospects for the 2021 draft. So for example, last episode, again, if you didn't listen to it, go back, listen to it, uh, rate, review, and subscribe it as well. Give us those five stars. 
Uh, anyway, so but we covered the quarterbacks and the running backs last time, and now today, guys, we are going to cover the tight ends and we're going to cover the wide receivers. And I think the we're going to spend a lot of time on the receivers today. So I'm not going to hold this up any. Let's jump right in, Kenny. Why don't you lead us off with your top five wide receiver rankings? Yeah, so my five is is kind of the start of what I was talking about with how how much do you weigh wide receiver production? Because my number five is Jalen Waddle, and if you look at his stats on paper from his freshman to his sophomore year, you know his freshman year he had forty five catches, eight hundred fifty yards, eighteen yards a, uh, a catch, seven touchdowns, like a really good freshman season. But then he kind of dropped a little bit his sophomore season: thirty three catches, five hundred sixty yards, six touchdowns. Like everything statistically kind of dropped. Now there was a ton of mouths to feed in Alabama with Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, and Henry Ruggs. So understandably so, you know, there's only so many targets to go around. But I think Jalen Waddle to me is one of the most interesting prospects in this draft because he is an absolute home run threat. I know a lot of people talked about Henry Ruggs and and how much of a burner he was and how dynamic he was as 4240 and all that stuff. But to me, I thought personally from a receiving standpoint, from a, a receiving skill set, I thought Waddle was the best threat with the ball in his hands from taking a screen pass and going the distance or for taking that 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 quick slant and, and going or 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 catching a nine route you know to me I think Jalen Roddle is, is more of a complete receiver than Ruggs who we saw go 12 so I don't know if that's necessarily will he'll go but to me in my per, in my opinion he's a better receiver he's my number five receiver on the board my number four is Rashad Bateman from the University of Minnesota uh, one of the 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 most part of the most one of the most dynamic receiving cores last year between him and Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson's gone now. Rashad Bateman's turn to to kind of take up the mantle, but it was a perfect Batman and Robin scenario. You know, Tyler Johnson lived and ate in the middle of the field. He ran very crisp routes. Was known as a, a route runner and and. Rashad Bateman is the burner. Listen to this, guys. He had 60 catches for 1,200 yards and for 20 yards a catch last year. He averaged over 20 yards a catch for the 11 touchdowns. This guy absolutely knows how to separate. He's got speed. He's got great size. He's 6'2", 210. And I felt like every time I watched a Minnesota game last year, he was on the receiving end of a 50, 60-yard touchdown catch from Tanner Morgan. The guy's absolutely explosive. My number three prospect, and honestly, I kind of have a man crush on this guy. He might be my favorite prospect in the entire draft. One of my favorite players in NCAA football, and that's Rondale Moore from Purdue. Uh, obviously, last year he got injured early. He only played four games, and they ended up putting the red shirt on him because Purdue just the season was kind of lost. Because his freshman year was one of the most dynamic playmakers I've ever seen as a freshman. He had 114 catches, 1,200 yards. 12 touchdowns. He had 21 rushing attempts for 213 yards and two touchdowns, averaging 10 yards a rush. Like, the guy is an absolute dynamite. Listen, I mean, even in, in an era where kick returns aren't, like, really that prevalent, he had 33 for 662 yards. He averaged 20 yards a, a, a kick return his freshman year. He was a consensus All-American. I mean, you name it, this guy accomplished it his freshman year. His true freshman year, mind you. Not a redshirt freshman year. A true freshman year in the Big Ten. He almost single, I'm pretty sure he single-handedly beat per, uh, Ohio State in 2018. It was just absolutely incredible to see what this guy did. Now, he's third mainly because of his injuries last year, and he's 5'9", buck 80, but this guy is the closest prospect I've seen to Steve Smith in as long as I can remember, and to be honest, I think he's Steve Smith, but better. 
And I'm really excited to see what he does this year healthy. And, and if he has the type of season he has his freshman year, I would not be surprised if he's the number one receiving prospect come 2021. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. This is awful. I'm not even joking. Wow. Number, wow. Yeah. That's a hot take, I'm, I'm especially with the top on, heavy. I'm that high on Rondell Moore. I think he's an wow. absolute game changer. Justin Ross is my number two, and this is a big portion of what I teased earlier with production. Justin Ross has the size you want in a receiver. He's 6'4", 205. He's a super-duper athlete. But, you know, he's done well, but he played second fiddle to T. Higgins. And he had 66 catches for 865 yards last year, eight touchdowns. And I know some of the stats are, are dampened a little bit because Clemson blew out so many people that a lot of times they, their stars were out in the second half. So I'm sure his numbers could have been a bit better. But I, I still want to see more from a production standpoint from him. Like he just hasn't. He just hasn't had that moment where I'm like, wow, this guy is elite. He's had he's had spurts in games where I look at this guy and say, this guy has the opportunity to be an absolute dynamite player. But to me, he's ranked number two based on potential right now, not based on what he's shown me from a consistent basis. But that being said, his his skill set and his size is too much to overlook at this moment. But I really want to see him take a next step his junior season and kind of emerge from T. Higgins' shadow and really be a better receiver than T. Higgins because I think he could be a better prospect. And my number one receiver is Jamar Chase. I mean, what an absolute dynamite receiving core with him and Justin Jefferson last year. But all, all Jamar Chase did was go out and win the Bolitnikoff. He had 84 catches for 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. Like an absolute animal in the most in the most prolific offense we've seen. He was a consensus All-American. Uh, he's 6'1", 200. I think the only thing keeping him from being a truly, truly once-in-a-generation prospect is the fact he's only 6'1", 200 pounds. If he was... You know, Julio Jones size, Calvin Johnson size, heck, even at this point, Justin Ross's size. Justin Ross has this kind of year this year. He's the number one prospect. But to me, Jamar Chase is right now. I like what he brings. He's an absolutely dynamic playmaker uh, who is now going to get the opportunity to show what he can do with a new quarterback in Miles Brennan and, and say, hey, this wasn't a Joe Burrow effect. This is because I'm this dang good. There's no doubt about it. I mean, J Jamar Chase came out, and had he gone, come out this year, a very good chance that he could have been the, the first receiver taken. And that's what they kept saying throughout the whole pre-draft process was like, yo, that like this class that is coming out in 2020 is extremely legit and one of the best receiving classes we've seen in a long time, but the best receiver in college football is not even in it. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's extremely wild to think that all of that going to happen. It also tells you, you know, no doubt Joe Burrow had a fantastic year. And I'm pretty sure you could have put, you know, Mississippi State's skill players around Joe Burrow and the way he was playing and, and probably would have elevated them to be one of the better teams uh, in the SEC. Um, but certainly he was he was helped uh, by the amount of talent that he had on his re receiving core. Now, besides Chase... I, I, Pastel, I know you're going to agree with some of that. I know you're going to disagree with that. Why don't you start at five? What's up, Prospects 101 fans? Sorry for the interruption, but I'd love to talk to you about some of our awesome sponsors real quick. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, 
and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Okay, um, so my my fifth one is Rondale Moore, and the only reason I don't have him higher, Kenny, is like we can't ignore the size. I mean, some people have him 5'8", some people have him 5'9". You know, he's a smaller guy, and I, I just wish I saw more production from people with that size in the NFL, and that's the only thing that, that is downfall. Honestly, I, I see him as a hybrid. I think he runs like Giovanni Bernard uh, coming out of North Carolina, and I think the Steve Smith comparison as far as wide receiver is a perfect hybrid of the two. Because he can run it and he can catch it. So I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, but he's so dynamic, which is why he did make my top five. And kind of backtrack real quick. I say this might be a deeper receiving core than last year's uh, 2020 NFL draft. Just because, I mean, I've got guys like, I mean, Surratt from Wake Forest, man. I think come yep. last year I thought he was going to be a top five prospect for me. I went down my rankings. He was my 10th best receiver. And I'm like, this guy could have been a, a day two pick. I mean, the, the, the depth is absurd in this draft. And the, you have tons of guys uh, that all are six foot four, runs four three forties and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this year. Uh, but my fourth overall wide receiver this year is Justin Ross. I'm not going to go too much in depth on him. I think he's a great prospect. He's got the size. He's got everything you want in a receiver. Um, he's very similar to T. Higgins, honestly. The question is, is he can he produce? Um, he's got there's no excuse for him not to produce this year. Everybody's coming back from Clemson for the most part. You got the best quarterback prospect uh, outside of Joe Burrow since probably Andrew Luck. Um, so there's no excuse for him not to produce. If he does not produce, I would be worried about Justin Ross. But very, uh, there's nothing very. to make me believe that he won't produce. Number three, Rashad Bateman. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you this. I won't be shocked if he's the number one receiver picked uh, in this next year's draft. Mm, interesting. Which, well, because my one question is with uh, Jamar Chase is, was it Joe Burrow? Was it Brady? And I don't think it was necessarily. I think he is, the, and that's why he's going to be my number one. But if it was a guy like Rashad Bateman, dude, he's DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, as far as his catch radius, it's unbelievable. I mean, this guy will catch Fantastic. anything in the air. His catch radius is unbelievable, and it's all contested catches as well. Um, and Kenny's already talked about how explosive he is. So, I mean – I think with Tanner Morgan coming in back uh, his junior year, a top five quarterback in my opinion, not to go on with Rashawn Bateman, I can see this being an explosive year for him and him jumping up to the number one spot because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. there's nothing he doesn't lack. Like, I don't think there's something that you can tell me that he's weak on at this point. Uh, it's just the exposure. He's from Minnesota. Like No one sees guys up there. Minnesota. Uh, my, my number two guy, and I'll tell you, I tell you what, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, I'm not usually huge on guys that are just straight speed. Like a Henry Ruggs. I wasn't necessarily huge on. Uh, he was probably like the fifth or sixth best, best receiver for me this past year. Um, but there's no denying what Smith can do in Alabama's offense. Um, the guy just looks like he's just he's faster than everybody else on the field. It looks like as soon as he catches the ball, he'll go from zero to 60 like that and it doesn't look like he's running very fast. Everybody's in slow-mo around him. And I, and, and just due to that, I think he's going to produce, uh, what, no matter who's that quarterback for Alabama this past year or this next year, uh, I think he's going to be the next great Alabama, uh, and it's not going to be Waddle. And then number one, Jamar Chase. Honestly, I, I was huge on C.D. Lamb this past year, 
and I think he's a better C.D. Lamb. Um, mm. And, it, mm. and I, the great thing about C.D. Lamb that I liked about him was that he can catch the ball, and, he, and then he turns into a running back. And that's kind of with Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is a, a running back after he catches the ball. But the other thing about Jamar Chase is that he's, his ability to track the football in the mm-hmm. air is I have very rarely seen a guy like that. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Des Bryant a little bit with his physicality mm-hmm. uh, and size. So I, I do think he's a can't-miss prospect. It's just it's hard to say just because Joe Burrow was so good. And when uh, Joe Brady came into that offense, it, it was so revolutionary to what they did in one year. It makes you wonder, like, all right, who really was it? Yeah. And we're going to find out this year with LSU if Jamar Chase is the real deal, which it's, I do believe he is. That's why he's number one. On it's, so, it's so tough to judge receivers on production because there's so many external factors. Like, you know, how many mouths to feed are, are in the offense? You know, who's their quarterback? What's their offensive? Like, you know, what's their new – if they have a new coordinator, what's he running? Etc. I mean, there's so many external factors with receivers. It's so hard because you're like, well, he has inflated numbers, or well, his numbers aren't that great. And there's there's so many well, layers of complexity when it comes to receivers. I, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you two things that you can always look for a receiver. One, well, three things really. One, can they just catch the football? Yep. Do they catch it with their hands? And that sounds stupid, but you see a lot of mm-hmm. guys that will catch it with their bodies, especially the bigger body guys. And then there's really two ways a receiver will win, and that's off the line, and that's out of the breaks. So if you watch a, a receiver's footwork, footwork and you see them yeah. off the line or getting out of the brakes, if they can create separation with those two, uh, uh, with that those two uh, characteristics, then they, they can make it in the NFL. Um, well, you know, and it, and you know the big thing in the NFL, you see guys who get undrafted every year or they run like really slow forties, and they're like, wow, how are they so productive in the NFL? How are you, you know, how's Wes Welker so productive? And it's like, dude, you just watch his footwork, and you watch you know, yeah. guys like T.J. Hushmanzada, same thing. They have elite footwork. They might not be elite athletes, but they know how to create separation. Yeah, create separation off the line. If you're pressed, they can get off press coverage. They have the ability to create separation in the route running. Um, so I. I I think it's always the age-old question, right? When evaluating receivers, does production matter? Does production not matter? But when somebody puts up the numbers that Jamar Chase does, yeah. Yeah, you almost think that it may not even matter who was thrown to him. He was probably going to be a guy that just jumps off the page as far as NFL talent and that, hey, we got to put our best dude on oh, this dude. dude. Uh, hey, our, right? our trip— our triple option quarterback, Brandon Pastel, could have been thrown too, and he would have been all right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Thank God I had a six foot four receiver to throw to. Shout out to Kim Manahan. There you go. Uh, one thing I think is is an interesting trend. I think we're seeing, and this will kind of lead me into my list, and I saw it a lot on your list too, guys. Is it used to be back in the day? Here we go. Our listeners will love this because I imagine ninety nine point nine percent of them are males. That size matters, right? Like everybody, right? You, you love the Calvin Johnsons. You love um, the Charles Rogers. You love these guys that are six four, six five, long arms, long strides, and that seems to be the that seems to be the the trend that's going away. And I think it's been going away for a little bit. And what you'll see with my list is you'll see a pretty pretty similar thing. Um, I'm first going to start off with a guy out in the Pac-12 that I really like, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. I think he was an extremely productive 
uh, receiver, which is kind of what I what I like. Um, but more, I think he's a fantastic route runner, and he may, he may be the best route runner in this entire draft. I think he's a guy with a really great 2020 that could be an early second-round guy. Probably more imagine that he's a slot receiver at the NFL. Incredible route runner, and if you look at what he's doing at USC, he's able to go through traffic extremely well. Uh, I was impressed with what he did last year at USC. I think another year... Um, you know, inside of that offense, and see, let, let's see if he can break out a little bit more big plays in the receiving game. If so, I think he's going to be a uh, could be a, uh, a an early day two pick as my fifth fifth best, uh, best receiver. Next guy, I'm not going to spend too much time on because we talked about him enough already. Rondell Moore, uh, he's really I, I would call the, the the runt of the group, but he is so dynamic. He to me, you guys gave me Steve Smith. I'm going to say Steve Smith. I'm going to say a little bit of um, the cheetah. I think he's got a little bit of Tyreek Hill in him as well. I wanted to say that, but I can't go uh, dude, that I, dude, he is like he's got the body of Steve Smith, right? He's a little bit thicker, but dude, he has got breakaway speed. And, and it seems to be a trend that we keep saying on this show, so I want to make sure we don't say <laughs> home run threat. But yeah. he is a home run threat with the ball in his hands. Um, I love him. I hope he stays healthy enough this year to where he can really show um, show the country what he can do out there in Purdue. Number three, Devonta Smith. Uh, passed on 100% with you. I think he is the best Alabama receiver. Out of, the, out of him and Waddle, I will take Smith. Um, I think he's bigger. I think he's more productive. And again, I, all these Alabama receivers seem to look the same to me, <laughs> right? They're all about six foot, six foot one, 180, 185 pounds. Um, so sometimes, besides the the different name on the jersey, um, I, I really and and the number, I really don't know who they are because they all look the same. Now the only now I'm going to go to two, and two is going to be the same two that you guys had. Uh, Justin Ross out of Clemson. Actually, I'm sorry, Paso, you didn't have him at two. Um, I think Kenny and I had him at two. Correct. He's the only he's the only tall receiver out of this class. When I say tall, kind of your prototypical first round receiver that we've seen uh, traditionally six four, six five, a great extension. Uh, again, I I don't think he as was as productive as he probably could have been. But physically, he's got all the tools. And without T Higgins there, I look for a big twenty twenty for him to be the second running back off the board. And then last one, Jamar Chase. Nuss been said about him, how dynamic he is, how incredible he was in the passing game for LSU. Uh, production, to me, doesn't really matter. The talent matches the production here. Mm -hmm. um, could have had, as Kenny would say, Brandon Pastel throwing him the ball. <laughs> and uh, it wouldn't have really bad. mattered at that point um, because he's that talented. So really kind of rounds out my top five. I think really the only one. Uh, that you guys didn't have was Amon Ross St. Brown uh, out of USC. Yeah. But, again, I had him right there at well, my five spot. The cool thing about him, man, is like I didn't even think about this. When we were ranking our top quarterbacks, I probably would have put Slovis in there if he was eligible in next year's draft as a top five quarterback. So you got a guy that I think is a top five quarterback in college football, throwing another year experience, going to a sophomore year, throwing him the ball. So I can absolutely see his stock uh, rising this over the course of this Pat next year. Pastel Keaton Slovis is our guy, dude. We love him. Dude, and he's a baller, man. I he beat out J JT Daniels. It wasn't even a question. And JT Daniels was a five-star prospect, wasn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, he's one of the, yeah, he's one of the, he and he reclassified, which is that's a whole other story. That's ridiculous. Yeah. though. but uh, Gless, what's a what's a what's a sleeper pick? What's a guy that's not on your rankings that you think has? Yeah, this one's one yeah, this one's great. Uh, this one's really good. Um, his father actually coaches at another school, another high profile Southern school. Son of T. Martin by the guy named of uh, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Uh, 5'10", five, uh, uh, five but he's 210 pounds, so he's really he's a lot thicker. Yeah, he's a, he's a thick guy. He's thicker than uh, the other five guys that were on my list and, honestly, the guys that you were talking about. 38-inch vertical. He's extremely explosive. Um, he, he, he returns kicks at Clemson as well. Now, guys, he tours, um, tours ACL in spring ball last year and mm-hmm. only played, I believe, three games for Clemson last year. So he came back uh, extremely fast, but he had a fantastic uh, sophomore season at Clemson. Um, and with T. Higgins gone and with Justin Ford, um, not Justin, wow, I can't believe I almost said Justin, Justin Ford. Ford. Uh, Justin <laughs> Ross. Uh, with Justin Ross kind of being that deep threat, I see Amari Rogers having an incredible senior season, and he really breaks on the national scene because he is a different type of receiver. He reminds me a little bit of a Rondale Moore. He's a guy that can can take that 5-10 yard slant route. He can take a bubble screen and take it to the house, which is why they have him you know, kick returning at Clemson as well. So I think he's a guy that not a lot of people talk about because he wasn't really on the team last year, but he was on the 2018 team and performed quite well. So I think this is a guy that has a really good season this year with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and, of course, that dynamic Clemson offense, and he's going to be a guy that will be a day one pick. Um, I really do believe that. He certainly has the talent to. Um, He just needs really just more time to show off his skills. Blue Chew! Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? I don't know which guy isn't. Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com is the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Now, we're going to kind of switch gears here a little bit and in a position that, I'll be honest with you guys, is pretty tough for me. <laughs> this one was tough to, to do some prep work, watch some film on, and really look at. And it's really a position that's undervalued unless you have a guy that is going to be a generational talent. Now, I don't think anybody in this tight ends class, in my opinion, is a quote-unquote generational talent. But I think that there's a lot of solid athletic tight ends in here that maybe in the 2020-20 draft we didn't quite have, right? I didn't see the 2020 draft of tight ends as a lot of um, guys that you could break out as hybrids that could be slot receivers. I see more of those in this this draft. Yeah. Um, the 2020 class, super weak when it came to tight end. Luckily, we see a lot better here. So if they were... T. 
teams out there that were looking for dynamic tight ends, you could see a lot of a lot of those teams really sal- salivating at the mouth for the twenty one draft, the twenty twenty one draft. So, Pasta, why don't you kick us off with your top five uh, tight ends here in the uh, twenty twenty NFL um, draft that you think will get taken? Yeah, and to your point, almost. Me and Kim were kind of going over this a few weeks ago. There really hasn't mm-hmm. been too many first-round tight ends that have worked out to be a first-round type of potential. Those are more in the second, third, and fourth rounds. So the more I look at history, it tells me not to take a tight end in the first round. I know a lot of people argue with that, uh, argue me with that, but really, I haven't seen that there. Um, and I get Gronk should have been a first-round pick, but he wasn't. Uh, yeah. But so to go off of that, I think these are all second, third-round players. I think Matt Bushman from BYU is pretty. Uh, about as stereotypical as a tight end as you can get, about six foot five, two hundred forty five pound guy that has a yep. good catch radius, probably good a good red zone threat. Nothing that's gonna blow you off as far as athleticism. And then uh this is somebody that I think you guys probably have ranked higher than I do, and this is what some people call his little gronk. Uh Pat Fearmouth from Penn State. Uh, yep. he does show a lot of intangibles that Gronk did have. I think he wears the same number. I'm not sure. I think it it is eighty seven at Penn State. But he's gonna be an interesting prospect to see uh how he develops this, this year. And then these next three guys, I think, are all very similar. These are the more the athletic tight ends. So you have Brant uh, Keith from Utah, which I am in love with. He's a short. The only problem with him, he's only six two. Uh, I think a lot of the tight ends these days you see at six four, six five, but he's extremely athletic. And I think he can not only catch the ball, but he can also run the football. And then you got the top two guys, which I don't think anyone's going to really argue is their top two guys. Um, and that's Brevin Jordan from Miami and Kyle Pitts from Florida. And these are the guys, Glusson, you're talking about that can split out wide, put them in the slot, put them. Uh, at wide receiver at the X or the Y, uh, depending on what type of offense you run. Uh, and they can go out and catch the ball like a, a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, they're extremely athletic. The thing is, the one thing about Miami I'm really curious to see is uh, Derek King is the quarterback from Miami probably uh, this upcoming year. I'm really curious yep. to see how he utilizes his tight ends and if that's going to hurt or help Brevin Jordan's stock uh, at Miami University. Yeah, that'll be certainly interesting to watch because Brevin Jordan, from a physicality standpoint, has it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's me, but anytime I think of a Miami offensive player that isn't a running back or a receiver, uh, especially in the last 15 years, I just I just don't know if I buy the hype yet. But, uh, you know, I, he, he seems that – I tell you what, he seems to have it physically, and that's why he came in at number five for me. Um, I'd like to see just a tad bit more production out of him at Miami, uh, but I certainly think that he's a starter at the NFL level, uh, especially in some of these hybrid passing games that we're um, that we're seeing. Uh, the, the next guy uh, is is uh, Matt Wittermere out of uh, out of uh, sorry, Matt. I had to get his name right. I'm sorry, Jalen Winnemere out of Texas A&M. Um, I like this kid for the same thing that he is kind of, uh, like we said, one of those those hybrids. But um, he's he can also put his hand in the ground and block. He's a sophomore, about 6'5", 260. So he's a big guy uh, that can really put his hand down on the ground and can run block, but you can also split him out as well. So re- a little bit more uh, traditional than I would say, more than, your, than like a Kyle Pitts. Um, that will break out there. Matt Bushman, same thing. Uh, I really like Matt Bushman out of BYU. Uh, has plus NFL size, 6'5", 245, great catch radius. 
Um, the only thing about him, though, is he's not a great athlete off on a straight line, so he's not going to win a lot of one-on-one battles, but he's got great hands. You put it near him, uh, he's going to catch it, so a pretty good run zone threat. So I like him at number three. Again, I don't think any of the, though, my five, four, and three, I don't think any of those guys are day one, may not even be day two picks, uh, but these guys at two and one for me are going to be day day two picks for sure. Uh, Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Uh, this guy's size, you just mm-hmm. can't ignore. Being 6'6", 240, um, you get you get the ball anywhere near him, he's going to catch it. Um, he had an incredible game against Auburn and LSU, performed really well, and because he's a matchup problem. Um, other than that, uh, pretty low low key as far as kind of dominance is, is, is perspective. Only had two touchdowns. Um, I'm sorry, did not have two touchdowns. Um, had had three touchdowns 2019. Um, I'd like to see just a little bit more production out of him um, at Florida. I think if you show that he's super productive in that offense, being that big and being dominant, I think he could be a he could be a day one pick in the NFL. And then the guy I like, um, you know, Brandon already talked about him, uh, Pat Fearmouth. Um, again, Rob Krinkowski is who he compares to. He can block. He can run. Six uh, five, two fifty six. Um, and I think he's his versatility is something that none of these other four tight ends really bring for me. Um, you know, he can really get on the edge. He can pass block if you need him to. Mm-hmm. You could bring him in tight as an extra blocker. You can split him out. Um, one thing they really like to do at pet, tight end, or at, at Penn State is they like to go trips to one side, and then instead of having a receiver split out on the other side, they like to actually have that tight end on um, attached, but he's essentially manned up on a corner, and so he ends up being just a physical nightmare to, to match up with. Yeah. And that's what that's what I, I think how they James Franklin likes to use him um, at Penn State in order to kind of create those matchups. So that's kind of my top five there. I don't see any guys that jump off the page, uh, but I, well, I'm sorry. I think, I, I think uh, Pat Fairmouth does jump off the page. I think Pitts is a nice player. Um, five, four, and three for me, I think they're, they're okay. They're okay. They'll be NFL tight ends, um, but nothing I don't think you pick in the first round. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, Gless. I think, um, I think the, the, for me, tight ends, there's three that are, uh, in my opinion, could be potential, could play their way into the potentially first-round pick. Uh, and then after that, you're looking at day two, day three type of guys. But I do think this tight end class is pretty deep overall. I think it's a good class for depth. Like I think if you need a tight end next year, this is going to be a good draft to need a tight end for. So with that being said, you know my number five guy is Jalen Weidemeyer uh, from Texas A&M, who honestly – might have one of the highest ceilings out of everybody in the bunch because he's the youngest. You know, he's a, he just completed his freshman his first season at Texas A and M, uh, redshirt freshman, thirty two catches, four hundred and forty seven yards. He's got plus size. He's six five two sixty, and he wears that yeah, frame. Big dude. He big wears dude. that frame very well. So he might not be in the draft next year, but I think he could have one of the higher ceilings out of. He's my number five, but it wouldn't be surprised me if in the twenty twenty two draft he's my number one guy. So I really like what he does. He, he looks pretty good, and I think as long as he continues to build, he's going to continue to climb on this list. My next prospect, number four, is Matt Bushman. And here's what's interesting about Bushman, uh, Gless, which I really like, is he's kind of – I know he's not necessarily the most athletic person, but he's so productive. Like he averaged 17 yards a catch his sophomore year. 
as a tight end. And by the way, it's not like he's an undersized tight end, like an H-back style. He's 6'5", 250. He's, he's a big, big guy. He's a big guy. He averaged 17 yards a catch, 14 yards a catch last year, um, his junior season. So he, he does have some playmaking ability. He might be a little limited, but I think he's one of those guys who, like we talked about with the receivers, he can just separate. He knows how to he knows how to run routes. He knows how to create leverage, and he knows how to separate. So I really like him at number four. Uh, my number three is Pat Fearmouth. I know we talked. you guys talked a lot about him kind of being baby Gronk. He's 6'5", 256. Um, and Gless, you just went. You just had an amazing breakdown. I want to see a little more, though. I want to see a little more. I, I think maybe from an overall perspective, from a blocking standpoint, he's probably the best blocker in the draft. And and I do like that uh, as a tight end. But I but athletically, he needs to develop a little more for me. He needs to develop a little bit more as a pass catcher before I can put him in front of my top two. Uh, which my number two pick, my number two um, prospect is Brevin Jordan, who is. This is the guy I think you can split out. You know, he's a little undersized. He's 6'3", 235, but he's a super-duper athlete. Like, he had a really good season last year for Miami when they had a just absolute dumpster fire at quarterback. Like, this guy was still productive. Averaged 14 yards a catch, 500 yards receiving, and only nine games, by the way. Didn't play a full season. So, you're talking... He put up a lot of production. What norm? What is pretty much normal tight end production for most play, most tight ends in, in NCAA with less games and with just a horrible, horrible uh, quarterback situation. So I think that speaks to the kind of athlete this guy is. And I think if 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 Derek King's even halfway competent, which he, we know he we know he can be based on his time at Houston, I think he can definitely be uh, jump up to the number one tight end. Uh, in this prospect, I think he could definitely talk himself and play himself into being a day one pick as well. Now, moving forward, my number one prospect is Kyle Pitts. I think this guy is elite. To be honest, I think he's a day one pick right now. 6'6", 240 pounds, but he runs like a receiver. He had 54 catches, 649 yards, five touchdowns last year. I think he's what you look for in a tight end. I think if, I would feel comfortable picking him in the first round. And I'm with Pastel. I think that a lot of history says don't do that. But I think this guy can be that next elite tight end in the NFL. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. But most importantly, he's got the production. And I know we've kind of gone back and forth on that. But I think a t- a production from a tight end in college is a big deal because you're you're normally not the focal point of your offense in college. And this guy was one point. of the focal points. I buy points. that. Yeah, was one of the focal points at Florida last year, a top 10 team. So I, I could cons- I would put him as a day one pick now. And if he if he matches or even does better than he did last year, he's going to maintain or even get picked, be considered more of an elite prospect, I think. Yeah, 50, 54, uh, 54 catches for 650 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, it was a heck of a season from him, uh, no doubt about it. Second most by uh, a Gator tight end since 1996. Um, it, it'll be interesting to, to see how he develops here and see if he can be yeah. the guy in that offense. Uh, comparison when I watched him was a Donald Parham. Um, you know, just because he's big, nice. tall, and lanky, just a little bit more athletic um, than, than Parham, but that really reminds me a lot of him. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I like that. I, you know, he was two on my list for a reason, and he was he was one on yours. Pastel, I was just ask you. I'm, I'm kind of curious. For, why Jalen Wanamire? You guys sure he's drafted local next year? I'm pretty sure he was a true freshman this past year. No, he was a. I believe he's a redshirt freshman. No, nah, I'm uh, looking at it. Uh, he was a 2019 uh, Rivals recruit, uh, four-star recruit. 
You'll have to excuse my friend. He's a little slow. So how about, I'm going to do the fans a good one. Uh, just in case he isn't draft eligible, I'm going to give you guys someone else to look forward. Uh, and that's a, a guy named Zach Davidson from Central Missouri, Division II school. You probably have never heard of this Woof. guy before. Um, but why am I talking about him? Not only is he six foot seven, 240, maybe 250 uh, pounds, he was a punter there. And as a punter, he averaged 43, uh, 44 yards his first year punting, and then 43 his next year, and then down to 42 this past year. And that, Okay, so one, he's a great punter, so why am I talking about him as a tight end? Well, this past year, he went to convert as a tight end, and not only was he a punter, he caught 15 touchdown passes, 40 passes for 900 yards uh, as a tight end in his first year playing tight end. So my thinking is, okay, not only can this guy punt, which would be a dual uh, prospect, which would be kind of fun to watch, but this guy just exploded on the Division II scene. So if he can replicate this type of production again next year, like kind of with Jamar Chase at this point, it's like, oh, my goodness, all right, you have 15 touchdowns and nine, uh, 900 yards. It doesn't matter where you play or who's throwing you the football. Like That production has to be translated at some point to the NFL. So I think that's somebody we keep an eye on. I'm not talking day one. But I'm talking possibly uh, earliest you're looking at third round, more likely probably fifth round prospect. But somebody uh, keep your eye on because this guy he, he's a he's a <laughs> he's a hoss of a guy. He had 225 yards and three touchdowns for Missouri Western last year. I mean, he's only going to get better uh, with time. I mean, to your point, Pastel may, may end up being the steal of the draft if you're taking a guy and he's that productive in the NFL. Um, you know, that'll be interesting. I, I, I've never watched him play, so I'll have to get on YouTube, start looking it, at some it, highlights. You can tell the competition isn't where it needs to be, and yeah. why it's Division Two. That's why I'm really curious to see how he does at a at the Senior Bowl, maybe. Um, but you can't deny the talent or the size that he naturally has. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, uh, to end the show, as we always do, we always cover a prospect to watch. And it's my turn for this episode, guys. So want to talk about our first edge rusher. Uh, I got Joe Tryon out of the University of Washington. Uh, there's no doubt why I picked this prospect to watch because he plays for my favorite school. <laughs> so I uh, went ahead and picked him. Uh, the, the edge rushers for the 2020, uh, the 2021 classes is, is interesting. And this is certainly one guy to watch because he has the physical tools uh, to certainly be a dominant defensive end in the Pac-12 here. Uh, in the 2020 season, so he can be a uh, a first round pick in 2021. Uh, it's about six uh, five, two sixty two, extremely uh, extremely physical player, um, extremely violent player. Uh, the other thing, guys, to note is that he was actually a big time basketball player in high school, yep. so he's got the athleticism to really turn the quarter, nice. do a move. Uh, at the University of Washington in 2019, he had 12 and a half tackles for loss. Eight sacks. And, guys, he really reminds me of Yeder Grossmatos uh, out of Penn State, who was recently taken by the Carolina Panthers. And the reason I say that is I watch him, and he's extremely technically sound. His hand placement, the moves. You're not going to get a Chase Young here, right? That's not who this guy is. He's not going to be one of those freak athletes that just runs runs around you. But he has that edge. He can be a very good edge rusher and an outside linebacker that comes off the edge. But I think what impresses me most is the tackle for losses and the ability to set an edge on a run play. Um, you know, so he's just a extremely solid defensive end all the way around that can also rush the quarterback and was a productive 
uh, pass rusher at the Pac-12 at the Division One level, um, and and certainly in the Pac-12. And I think if he has the 2020 season that at least all of us University of Washington fans uh, on this podcast. Uh, knows that he can have, uh, he is no doubt a first-round draft pick because he certainly has the athleticism too. You know what he kind of reminds me of, uh, but more size, is Zach Bond uh, from Wisconsin this past yeah. year that kind of dropped to the second round. But he's one of those edge rushers that I think has the ability to uh, get his hands off the ground and go be an outside linebacker as well in certain pass coverages uh, to make sure he's on the field for all three downs. He's one of those hybrid players, uh, but he's also six foot five, which helps. Uh, so I think definitely yeah. defensive end is his natural position, but I wouldn't be surprised if they stand him up uh, and drop him back a few times uh, when he's in the we, NFL. Yeah, which is what they did. I mean, I mean, at UW, you know, they go three front, front, four front. I mean, they, they mix up a lot of stuff. I mean, they really at UW, they call him an outside linebacker. They don't even call him uh, a defensive end. Oh, yeah. uh, but obviously he had all his sacks. He had his, you know, he had sacks with his hand in the ground. And they certainly drop him back too. So I think it just shows you what a freaking good athlete he is. So uh, you know, I'm I'm extremely anxious to see what he does for the 2020 season because I think he can be you know like you said, Pastel, a Zach Vaughn, a Zach Vaughn type that is just just kind of a hybrid, right? Can kind of do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and be a really good pro. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do for sure. It's a good uh, it's a good pick, Gless. On a side note uh, regarding the Jalen Watermeyer. Uh, uh, controversy. He is a true freshman. I don't know what I was looking at. For some reason, I thought he was I a looked at shirt. the same one then, Kenny. Yeah, we because... must have been looking at the same thing because I thought he was. A, I thought he was a red shirt. But that being said, what a stud true freshman season from a tight end. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. Like you don't ever see. I, I, I can't remember last time I've heard of a true t- true freshman tight end coming in and having that good of a season, especially in the SEC. So yeah, 2022 draft ca- class. Keep your eyes open I was for say, that sneak guy. Sneak peek to the 2022 draft class <laughs> for tight end. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, he's a beast. Well, guys, we'll go ahead and wrap wrap up here. Everyone who's listening, remember you can follow and interact with the show on, on social media at Prospects One Hundred One Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also join us on on the Discord app as well. Also, if you like this pod, make sure you rate, review, um, or subscribe, download, rate, and review us. We appreciate all five star reviews. It means that more football fans can can hear us break down these prospects as we go forward. Um, so uh, do that. If you also didn't listen to the quarterback and the running back one, very similar episode, except we break down essentially the guys you probably know because a lot of these guys, unless you're really breaking down film, it's sometimes hard to find these guys. So, um, again, follow us on social media, rate, review, subscribe. For Gless, for Pastel, for Kenny, we'll catch you next week. What's up, football fans? This is Pastel from Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Pods. Listen to us weekly on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Hit the subscribe button and make sure you leave us a five-star review today.